Caden Co PR would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land that this podcast was recorded and produced on, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples of the East Kulin Nations. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Welcome to The Press Office with Caden Copiar, the podcast that gives you an exclusive and unfiltered look behind the scenes of the Australian media landscape and public relations industry. I'm your host, Marissa Jane, and if you are dreaming of a career in public relations, are an aspiring journalist, or simply just obsessed with all things digital and traditional media, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back to another episode of The Press Office with Caden Co-PR. And this episode is a very, very special one. And we have just snuck it into season four because I am talking to TikTok superstars, Luke and Sassy Scott. If you don't know who Luke and Sassy Scott are, I think you're living under a rock because the boys have over 3.4 million followers on TikTok and another half a million over on Instagram. And their content portraying their relationship as brothers is truly hilarious. I had the most fun time chatting to the boys about what makes them tick and how they got to where they are today. Now enough from me, let's get on to the interview. Luke and Scott, firstly, thank you so much for joining me on the press office with Caden Co PR. So welcome. Thank you very much. On this Tuesday night, it is here. It's great to be here. Luke is a little late. I'm sorry for his tardiness. Just <laughs> oh, speak for yourself, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> now, you guys are two of Australia's most followed stars on TikTok. So you're currently sitting at 3.4 million followers on the platform and another casual half a mil on Instagram. Can you take me back to the beginning? What made you start posting on TikTok? And did you ever imagine that it would lead to such a massive following? I'm going to take you back to the start of your question. I thought you were going to tell us where we actually ranked in Australia with the amount of followers. I'm like, we are definitely nowhere near at the top. You're getting up there. You're in the millions. That's viral. We went to, we went to, we were up for this creator award last year um, for TikTok creator of the year. You know, huge privilege. We're so new at our game. And we were asked if we could split up and go to these like day sessions with other young creators, right? And I felt like the older, big, annoying brother that was going along to like, I don't know, like a makeup tutorial session or some shit. And no lie, I was like talking to some creators, one young kid, he was annoying, but this other girl, she was amazing. And I thought like, I can really help these kids, you know, build their careers. And then when we get back to like the hotel, I learned that she had like 11 million followers. He had 8 million. I was like, oh my God, I was like, like, it was just, you got to be careful who you talk to in this industry. So, um, Scott, do you actually remember the question? Because <laughs> that was not the answer. Yes. Yeah, so now back to the question. Yeah. Did you ever think, <laughs> okay, go Luke, you, you kicked it off. As in, you kicked now TikTok this, off. It all started taking the bad with the good, but during COVID, I was living in a rental. And they kicked me and my two housemates out because they needed to sell the house. So during that time, Scott took me in, Scott and Marcus, Scott's husband. And one day I just, I filmed Marcus. It was 
send a nude to your gay brother's husband and film his reaction, right? So I've done it. It did all right. Like he was like gone like a bit crazy by it and then whatever. And then the next day I'm like, I'll do the same thing, but I'll do it to Scott. And then that overnight got something like 2 million views. And I was like, oh, I think we're on something. So then from that, I just kept doing all these little things that was really annoying Scott. So that was pretty much where we started off as some some form of duo. And did you ever think that it would become as big as it is today? Well, Luke told me, Luke said, hey, Scott, I've started a TikTok. It's kind of blowing up. And I was like, whatever. And I didn't give it anything. And then I started going to cafes around town and people would start like waving at me and they're smiling at me. And now I've always been called a confrontational person. I'm, I'm fine with confrontation. And people started to be so nice to me and I just found it really uncomfortable and odd and bizarre and people would wave and open doors for me to leave. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And then sure enough, looks like Scott, you're kind of a big deal on TikTok. And I was like, I know. I never said you're kind of a big deal. Yes, you did. You said I'm a big deal. (laughs) No, I did not. I would not have said that. I would never pump your ego. You did. And then I looked at the profile and we had a million followers and I was like, oh, shit, I'm a big deal. (laughs) You are a big deal. It's funny, talking to you offline before, I was kind of expecting you to be a little bit more like, calmer or like softer spoken to what your TikTok profile is, but you were, you were dead set exactly like you portray online. I feel. I don't like fence sitters, right? Like have an opinion. I don't care what your opinion is. Actually I do with some topics, but as long as you, uh, like it shows that you care, I'm all in or I'm out. I'm black and I'm white. I have a very big, I don't know why response to almost everything in this, on this planet I don't dig deep into it. I don't try to understand why I respond to everything. But, you know, I, I, I live in the far side. And so a lot of your content comes from your relationship as brothers. And I recently listened to your episode on listener of your podcast of you guys in couples therapy together, which I loved. But what is the secret behind the chemistry and how do you come up with your ideas for these skits? I think the secret is purely based on that the there is no secret. Like it was just a family bond that we've grown up with. We're probably growing up. I don't know. We didn't, it wasn't the most luxury of lifestyles that we had, but where we had to really make our own fun and growing up together with four boys in the family, there was a lot of banter. There was a lot of trouble. You had to get yourself in and out of all the time that we learned how to probably read each other really well and know how to really get under each other's skin, but also how to turn it all back around. I think a real good thing to focus on is like people like to go, oh, my God, you blew up out of nowhere, right? And whilst it seems like we did and we grew really fast and we got a lot of attention and a following, we've been, Luke's been annoying the shit out of me for, what, 34 years. So we've always been at one another, same with our other brothers. And I'm going to say the quote that Luke hates me saying, we haven't changed, but the world around us has completely changed. I hate it because you go listen to any interview and you'll hear that. (laughs) (laughs) It's on repeat. It's on repeat. But it's funny that you talk about how people have said that you've blown up overnight, but as someone who has tried to become a viral sensation on TikTok, it actually is not easy. It is a lot harder than it looks and it takes 
a lot of consistency. Is it something that you kind of set out to achieve and did you put structures in place or at the start was it really organic? It was very, we we didn't want anything from it. We were both still working our full-time jobs. I was doing it just purely as a bit of a, maybe like a creative outlet at the time. I'm someone that's very big with analytics. So I was kind of like always pushing for a higher number, but never really pushing for the fame or anything of it. I don't even think I was in any of the videos at the start because I didn't even know if I would really enjoy or like to be the face of it. So it was very much just my sassy brother and I always just painted Scott. And the tables have turned. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I don't think we ever destined to have what we have now. That's really interesting that you talk about it as a creative outlet because I find too being like a content creator there's times that too you do like hit these like creative ruts and you have no idea what to post and you have just run out of ideas. Have you guys ever got to that point or are you always like teeming with ideas? There's a there's a, been a couple of times where Luke said, like people love to say to me, you know, you can't be that stupid that you fall for it every time. And I'm like, you don't see the ones that, that fail. You don't see the ones that don't work. And there's been times where I've walked into the room and I'm like, good try, dickhead. And, you know, that doesn't make it to the TikTok. Now, some people are now starting to ask for, put those ones up. But we've we've toyed with the idea of should we fake it, right? Like, or, you know, to help, like, get more content out there because so many don't stick. And, you know, we have decided that we would never want to do that because we feel people are so in tune with us that they would smell a rat a mile away and would know if we're just putting it on and having them on. And I think it would kind of, it would disrespect our audience who have come on this journey and they like me and Luke as individuals and us just being ourselves, that if we started to ploy, play and toy with the idea of faking or mimicking or acting it, we could land ourselves in big trouble. But going with that as well, I believe you would rather post nothing than post just crap content because there's times when I've posted something just for the sake that I'm like, I haven't posted something for three days. There needs to be something for the account and you post it and the engagement's terrible and you just know it's not great content and you feel crap too because you know you didn't want to post it. But we did we did make a conscious decision quite some time into it that I was, call it, I started to look internally and go, I just don't want to be perceived as this guy that's fucking flipping off the handle all the time. And because that's only one part of me, sure, I can fucking flip a table. But I just knew there was so much more to me that I was like, oh, I want to share that. So Luke and I made a conscious decision that we would do trends, if you will, and give a go at them rather than Luke always just pranking me. And that was a really smart move because it hasn't been as exhausting for us to try and Luke hasn't had to come up with so much creative pranks. I mean, I know he goes online and asks people to send him pranks and, you know, he blocks me from the account so I can't see it, whatever. But, no, yeah, the creativeness has been not difficult from my end but, you know, but but the energy part is definitely a thing, how much energy you put in. That's a really interesting point too because it's like, you have to put a lot of your personal life and, and personality on the line here. And it's like, where does that cross into being too much and kind of taking over your part of self-care? Like you need some sort of preservation going on there. 
uh, people don't want to hear people like Luke and I saying, poor me. We get paid good money to do real fucking topical, like crazy, silly, cute, fun things. We get opportunities thrown our way. Every flight we get on now, cabin manager comes and brings us a bottle of champagne to introduce himself, right? Like that's our life. But I'm self-aware enough that, you know, I put, I'm putting in practices, as is Luke, to look after us and make sure that we're not giving too much of ourselves. And overwhelm has been a big thing. When you shoot up this quickly into the public eye and you've got people standing out the front of your house to meet you, you know, that's when it gets really, like, overwhelming and, and sometimes challenging. But people don't want to hear us talk about that. But there's no lesson in life. You didn't in year nine go to fucking social media stardom, you know, class on a Wednesday. So, you know, when I'm standing in a, when it all started and I'm standing in the line or an aisle at Bunnings and someone recognizes me and I stay there for 45 minutes talking to the person because I don't know how to get away or I don't know how to wrap it up. You know, that's the stuff that started to become really taxing and really, really scary to looking down the barrel of the gun going, oh, my God, I've just spent an hour of my day talking to one person and now there's 20 other people standing there waiting to talk to me. I'm saying at the same time they're trying to figure out how to get away from you. They're like, he won't <laughs> okay, shut up. Okay, interview over to you. <laughs> Let's see how polished and great and interesting this is. Go on, talk. What you, I could talk all day. Uh, you guys. Okay. Well, what you were talking about, Scott, though, I think is really interesting and it leads me into kind of thinking about this negativity that is often on TikTok. I find out of all the social media platforms, TikTok can be very nasty and you can end up on the wrong side of TikTok quite easily. Have you both experienced any, you know, criticism and how do you deal with the negative comments? No lie, what I was very fearful of, and which is why I said to Luke, we need to change the game up of just being, you know, pranksters, because where I grew up, I had a big fear of, you know, or I know I experienced people not liking a little gay person having such a big opinion. And, you know, people didn't like somebody like me sharing my thoughts. And, you know, that's what kind of gets me off as a person, though. And so I was concerned about, my big opinions or my big responses to people like Luke and what I would receive. Now, I fucking touch with every day. I'm so thankful that out of the almost 1 billion views we've received and God knows how many comments, right, I reckon I've read 60 negative comments. And But what the way I look at them is I have a really strong opinion on some things out there, so I have to be open to people having a really big, strong opinion on me sometimes. However, it's been so minuscule, like, and I'm so happy, I'm thankful, I'm grateful for people being so kind to me and Luke. That's so good that you don't have, like, the negative side of TikTok because I have even had it and I, I have 2,000 followers and I I get told that I look like Owen Wilson all the time, which is fine because I kind of do, so I'm okay with that. I think you look like Jackie O, who's stunning. You're a fucking 10. <laughs> oh, thank you. That, I, this wasn't a compliment session, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Take it when you get them. <laughs> and also looking at your content now, you have – I love that you've talked about how your content has kind of transitioned from just the pranks because I was looking at your account today and I really noticed that, you know, you're playing more into the trends and you're showing more your personality and your sense of humour 
in different ways. The one video that I was laughing at the most was the marketing things, the the logos, which logo was which, and you're like, I'm a marketer, and then you you got one wrong as soon as you're like, of course I know. I know. Yeah, story of my life. But I think for us as well, the the transitioning was huge for us. So you would find even going through the platform, it was very much, I knew people wouldn't ever remember who Scott was, but I knew if I labelled him as my sassy brother, that would be the familiar thing. So this my sassy brother, I did this to my sassy brother, would always pop up at the start of a video. And then that's what people started to become familiar with. And then it got to a point where I'm going to drop that at the start of it. And then it was more people started to know Luke and Scott. And then from there, then it was like people still wanted the pranks. But then over time, we're starting to make it a little bit more personality driven. But like you said at the very start of this interview, it was very much you stay in your lane, you find your niche, you keep doing, you stay consistent to what you do. But you can change it, but you can't do it very quickly. You gotta you gotta do it pretty slowly. And it seems to have worked. And from that transition too, you've now started a brand new podcast with listener. And I was talking to Scott about this earlier about I think you guys have done such a great job because so many TikTokers try to transition into a different platform and it doesn't always work. But I think the way that the show is set out, it shows your sense of humour so beautifully. But as content creators, do you think that is important to try and find these other pockets of where you can, you know, be making money or creating different types of content? It's it, it's interesting. I said to you at the start, you know, the reason why we've chosen to do 20-minute episodes and why it's a limited series, a limited series because so many people with egos, you know, try and start a podcast and think, you know, because I've got however many followers on a social media platform, I can take on the world and do a, you know, do a podcast. We were realistic with listener enough that we said, let's give it a six-week trial and just, you know, limited series and give that a go. And secondly, People have come on a journey with me and Luke for one minute. All we ask is one minute of your day when it comes to TikTok or social media. And for us to go from one minute and try and convert people to come for an hour podcast, less is more in in this world. And 20 minutes leaves people enough, it gives people enough time when they're dropping the kids off, picking them up, going in between something. I think you have to have such a massive ego to ask for people to give you, you know, an hour of their day or for like, that's, that's a long time. And so 20 minutes once get, gets people coming back for more. But 20 minutes of what we're trying to sell, like a bit of a comedy, a bit of a relief, a bit of a get away from maybe where they are in that point in life. They're not going to walk away and be like, wow, I just know how to remember 20 elements in the periodic table. Like we're not going to be teaching them anything, right? Whereas I think in an hour podcast, a lot of people go to go learn, right? It's like an educational sort of platform, a lot of podcasts, where a lot of people do. Whereas what we're selling is a lot different. It's that Luke's trying to be the nice guy right now. Can you tell? He doesn't want to piss <laughs> podcasters off. Scott's listened to no podcast. It's all podcasts of what he does. So he's very wrong and doesn't understand what podcasts are. But I think that's a great point. And your content really is about bringing joy to people, right? So is there some sort of message that you hope people take away when they're either watching or listening your content? We don't go into anything with that strategy, that idea of how we want people to feel. However, it's been overwhelming and it's clear 
that we make people feel joy, escapism, laughter, happiness. Uh, there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of messages, you know, that we receive are so humbling because they tell us people us people share some of the most sensitive things with us that is mind-blowing and the humblingness in it is, wow, somebody has just felt so comfortable to share that with us. They've told us how we've made them feel and they've thanked us and it makes you realise how lucky we are in this world because there's so many people that are that are really hurting and they're looking for escapism or just something to make them smile. And, you know, um, being able to do that to one person in your day is kind of, you know, used to be a goal of mine. If you made one person smile, you did a good thing today. You know, we're at a point now where we're doing it in the sometimes tens of millions in a day. And that's a really nice feeling. And we're doing it somewhat organically without putting thought into it. So we're just going to stay on that trail, wouldn't you say, Luke? Just to add to it, I'd say we're also very fortunate that we've spoken to a lot of people in the industry who have also, I suppose, we've resonated with with that whole imposter syndrome being like, we don't believe this is happening to us, this is how it's making us feel. And it's very apparent that it's the same feeling across the board where I suppose a lot of people that have shot up to fame pretty quick or have been into it for a while all have that same feeling that not that you don't belong, but it's quite crazy to think you're having that impact on people's lives. And to kind of run with it because it is, it's happening, right? I don't think we're funny. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Scott's funny. And I, t- <laughs> I tell this to everyone. Everyone's like, you're hilarious. And I'm like, I just don't see it. And Luke's definitely not funny. He went and studied biomedical biomedic- science or something, right? Like he's, he's that guy. So anyway, but, yeah, we don't give it much thought. I don't anyway. You're very funny and I have been laughing this entire podcast. So thank you. You've made my Tuesday evening. I really appreciate it. And I feel like so many would look at the both of you going, I want to do what you guys do. Do you have any advice for aspiring content creators? What advice would I give? I think it, I like what I said at the start. I got into it as a bit of an escape. I didn't want anything from it. So I didn't really have any expectations from the start. I didn't come into it wanting money from it. I also had a full-time job that I think that whole, I don't know, what is what do you say? Like when you're single, it's like you go out and no one even looks at you. You're in a relationship. Everyone wants to try to talk to you and pick you up on the night, right? It's the same thing. It's that attitude we probably had that it was like that carefree, didn't really care what how it was going to turn out. And it just, for whatever, probably people resonated with that, that it had that bit of realness to it at the start. But in saying, to answer your question, if people do want it, it's to have that realness then. Like you got to find that realness. You can't be fake. You got to, you hear it all the time. You got to find your niche. You got to stay in your lane. And that's, you got to make sure that's important. And if something does do well that you didn't expect to do well, run with that for a bit and then maybe start to transition. My, my big one is staying in your lane and not looking at what anyone else is doing. Why? Because people are going to come to you for who you are and what you've got to give. There'll never be a second you, Marissa. There'll never be another Scott, right? So don't look at what other people are doing. Figure out who you are and what you're going to bring to the table. You get so caught up, you can get so caught up looking at what other people are doing and you start questioning whether you should do what they do. But no, people are going to come to you for your individuality. They're not going to come to you because you do what that other person does really well as well. The other one as well. If you're ever going to compare it, what I've done best with our videos is comparing the analytics of our own videos to each video and looking at that sort of engagement, how it changes between your own platform. 
whenever I try to compare it to other users or other creators, that's when you start to get your bad mindset. And it's like, oh, I'm not doing the same as what they're doing. But if you stay in your own lane, stay looking at your own engagement, that's where you'd probably learn from it the best too. Yeah, focus on yourself because imagine all that time you spend looking at what other people are doing and comparing yourself to them. Imagine if you spent that amount of time on yourself. Now, that can be in so many different ways, right? That can be you spending an extra half hour or hour of your day going for a walk, relaxing your mind, you know, engaging with people and spending time with your friends and family, people that actually mean something to you, which gives back to your soul so much more than looking and concentrating on what other people are doing. Just giving yourself that time um, is going to free you up to know who you are and be able to deliver and and find your individuality, which is what people are going to come for and come on the ride with you for. I had a mate not long ago who went to a content creator sort of conference, right? And it blew my mind. He said they came up, they put this whole talk on Luke and Sassy Scott and how the idea of how we make videos and how our engagement and this huge thing. And they studied and asked questions about us for 40 minutes saying, like, Luke must have studied all this stuff. Like, he must have gone to school to do all this social media work. But it was all that we have just stayed in our own lane and didn't really care about. Like, yes, we do a hook at the start every now and then and things like that, and people can learn off that. But the actual idea of any video we've ever posted, I wouldn't say we've ever copied anyone. We were in a conference not long ago in LA, and I actually turned my back almost to the presenter to be like, I don't want to learn what everyone else is doing because what's the point of that? And Scott's like, turn your chair around. I was like, I don't want to listen. I'd rather leave. Yes, Luke did turn his back around at a really large global conference where it was like the top 50 creators like were invited globally or whatever. And we went in there and they started to tell us how we should frame things in and how we should shoot them and what the lighting should be like. And we're like, but then we'll all end up just having the exact same looking product, which we were like, what the fuck? No way are we being seduced to listen to this um, or that we're going to do it. <laughs> uh, but I, I think what you've both said is so true because it's all about, you know, staying in your own lane and there are so many influencers and wannabe influencers out there now that unless you're authentic and genuine, like you're not going to be able to stay in the game long enough to get that following, to get that engagement. Listen, I come out swinging when I hear that word. Now, let me tell you why. And and we'll go back to actually earlier you said that you find that TikTok, you find more negativity, whereas my experience with TikTok has been so positive because I feel it's a grassroots, um, individually-led platform. Uh, We have a big voice. People can fucking shoot up overnight. Uh, It doesn't favour anyone over another one. When you look at Instagram, influencers have tarnished and destroyed that platform from my perspective for quite some time. And the reason why I don't want to be called an influencer and I don't associate myself with the word is because those people, I believe majority from my experience, and I've met quite a few now, is that they have influenced themselves and they and a lot of their content has become very contrived for their own personal gain, not influencing somebody else to do something better or to be better. You know, somebody, you know, you can look at an influencer's like page and they've, they're pushing 20 fucking moisturizers over 12 months. You know, that's so inconsistent and that's such poor influencing. Like you should be influencing a product 
that helps you or brings you joy or that you back for some reason. And that's when I think somebody of influence should be able to say, this is my favourite fucking chocolate and I love it so much because of these reasons. When you see them go and do 20 of those across a year, it just washes the the validity of whatever they're saying and uh, it's why I don't want to be associated. And look, I turned down so many gigs because one of us just doesn't feel like passionately connected to whatever the product is. And you, I, I feel people aren't taking the accountability in the role or the responsibility, you know, and I think they've dumbed it down, sadly. And so that's why, you know, not even content creators, because I think that that word has just been so loosely thrown at anyone that gets over 10,000 followers. Oh, you're a creator now. It's like, no, you've got people following you for a reason. It's what you do with it that matters to me. I think that's a really interesting take, especially around Instagram versus TikTok, because I, I spend hardly any time on Instagram now. It's all about TikTok. And every time it's you're seeing different people, you're discovering new trends and like you get on these like weird sided TikToks that no one else in your friendship group is on. And you're like, what? How have you not seen this video? <laughs> I'm on Tornado Talk and it's the best thing in the world. The algorithm knows I love tornadoes. I'm currently on Turbulence Talk and I'm very scared of flying, so it's not ideal. That's why. The the algorithm's so good. Now, before we get on to the quickfire questions, Scott, we were talking a little bit offline and you were saying that you wouldn't tell me until we were recording, but you said you had some pretty insane celebrity encounters so far. Are there any that you can share with me? Rita Ora FaceTimed me and Luke, I know, like a few weeks ago, uh, with her husband, and they were just like, oh, my God, we love you guys. We take you to bed with us every night. We're like, "Let's look, look what Luke and Sassy have done today. And it, that... Like you hang up from a call like that and you're like, the fuck is going on? And she's like, babes, I'm coming down to Melbourne. We're going to catch up. Can't wait to see you guys. If not, come up to Sydney and we'll, we'll, we'll hang out. That's one. We can keep going, right? Like Selena Gomez follows us and writes on our, on our videos. She follows 70 people. Luke, you tell the start of the Selena story. Go. So when we first started up, the account was not incorporating Scott in the name at all. So it was just Luca Halloran. So all these big celebs kept following the account, but they were following Luca Halloran, which was just mind-blowing for me. So we came across Selena Gomez following the account, and it was like Selena Gomez follows like Britney Spears, Paris Hilton, <laughs> Luca Halloran, like Taylor Swift. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and the comforting thing in some of the, the level of those stars that even write to us, we're in DMs and whatever group chats. We have a family group chat with the Osborne family, you know, and Sharon calls us her boys and, like, everything, like, we post. She's like, I'm so proud of my sons or whatever, and you're like, this is weird and random and we love it, right? But there was something comforting when Luke spoke earlier about imposter syndrome. I actually found comfort in big stars following us and messaging us because... They're special. Someone like Selena, let's talk her level. She was put on this planet to make a mark and leave people feeling a certain way and leave an impression and a mark on the world. She's not, it's not by chance, you know, that she's following us or enjoys us. She's been on the ride with us for over 12 months, right? And I found comfort in people like her following us that went, hang on, Scott, 
you you do perhaps have something special to give as well. When people like that see you, it must mean you have something special about you. So I found it quite endearing when people like that were reaching out to us, Luke. Mm, no, I agree. It's the whole you don't really – it never feels true when it's you. And I feel like it really resonated, I suppose, when some of the celebs did follow him. Not, it's going to sound like a little flex or name drop, but when we're in L.A., we got invited over to the Osborne, so we were hanging out with Callie on her couch. And it was just so – you didn't realise you were in the presence of someone that big. So relaxed. It was so relaxed and it felt so normal. We were just like, yeah, not bagging our parents out, but she'd be saying something about her mum. I'd saying something about my mum and dad. I'd saying something about a sibling. And then it was like later that night we're back at our hotel and I'm like, what the fuck? Like that's not normal. But it was in the moment and everything. And we keep reaching out to these people. They reach out to us. And it's just so – it feels like it's just normal. You're just in another – world it's like in the workforce like i don't know you work with such different groups of people but everyone at the core is somewhat the same like it's another i don't know a citizen of society like it's crazy yeah there's it's it's very bizarre you know i've waited to experience this you know when you and we meet we've met some fucking superstars right i've waited to have this feeling of wow like oh, oh my god but instead they embrace us and take us in like, uh, and it just feels so comfortable and very normal. So it's made me relook at stardom, if you will, or celebrity status that when, when I go out now, I'm overwhelmed. No, I'm not overwhelmed. I'm fucking over talking about me. So many people are so engaged and I understand why they're fascinated And whether this is strangers, whether this is friends, colleagues, networks, whatever, people want to ask me about Luke and what's happening and how we've made them feel. And that can be taxing. And then I've I've started to learn that the reason why people that are in our game, whatever whatever industry, but they have a sense of celebrity, the reason why they probably all spend so much time together or hang out with one another is because you can drop the bullshit. You don't have to talk about yourself so much and you can just kind of like, I don't know, get by. I sound like a fucking wanker here. But that's, that's. I feel like there's been a lot of comfort in being around people that have experienced, you know, having growth or a celebrity status that you just don't have to continually talk about you. And here we are talking about us. <laughs> You're on a podcast talking about you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm making you do this. No, like with people. So people say to me and Luke, thank you so much for taking a photo with me. Or thank you so much for talking to me. And I'm like, it's really not hard. It's not hard for me and Luke to say hello, g'day, how's your day, or or take a photo with someone. And that tells me other people out there that have celebrity status make it hard and difficult for people or roll their eyes. And let me tell you something. If you see someone you admire and you like and you want a photo with them, ask them for it because it's really not much time and it's really not hard for us to stand there, smile, shake your hand and take a photo with someone. It's really not hard at all. And I do fucking it now, I reckon, 100 times a day. I love that. Now, guys, we're on to the quickfire questions. Are you ready? So I'm going to answer the question, then, Luke, you go. Okay, first Favourite PR event ever? Uh, we went to, what was the name of the one in LA? 
TikTok Pride Bowl. Oh, it was the Pride Bowl, the TikTok Global Pride Bowl. We were invited, and I know this is quick, rapid questions, but that was the best one. They had the House of Basket come and perform. Now, that's the underground drag scene. Now, they didn't come to perform at the show we were at. We were at their fucking show. It was unbelievable, something you'd only hear of friends of friends of friends of a celebrity went to. That that gig was wild. Mine was when we were in New York and all our flights got cancelled, we got invited to go to the season two premiere of we had never heard of it at all. The summer I turned pretty. And so there's all these like big like A-listers there. It said um, it turns out it was Amazon Prime's number one TV show they've ever come out with. And anyway, we're there just like mingling around and next second we get asked to pretty much introduce and host the night. So then here's us like introducing the actors, like everyone's just listening to me and Scott talk shit. We've never even watched the show, but it was just crazy. We're on this rooftop in New York and it was just full of all these celebs and I don't know, it was just over the top event and we found ourselves right at the centre of it. I'm dying. I love the summer I turned pretty. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. And do you know what? There was like one stage where like Luke and I came off this, um, the, the stage and after introducing it and there's all these like pretty kids standing there and it was hosted by Teen Vogue, the summer I turned pretty, Amazon Prime and Luke and Sassy Scott. Weird. Anyway, there's all these kids standing there and I'm like, and they're like, we love you guys. Oh my God, you're hilarious. And we're like, thank you. Thank you. And then I was like, who are they? They're cool. And it was all the cast. We had no idea. And here we are presenting for their TV show. And then we had no idea even who they were. I'm I'm beyond jealous there. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Next question. Favorite podcast apart from this and your own, of course. I, I, if I'm going to be really honest with you, and this is what Luke hates about me. I don't listen to anyone's podcast other than mine. I've never listened. I've never listened to a podcast, so I don't really know what they are about and what they do. But I, I, I'm that guy that's trying to push my podcast for people to listen to. But I also say, as a disclaimer at the end, but I also understand if you don't want to listen to it, so you don't have to because I don't listen to anyone's. I love Tony and Ryan. They are so funny. That's a good one. Okay. What is your favourite social media platform? TikTok. <laughs> I think that one was self-explanatory. Your most visited website? Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> it would be. I don't think I'd go to websites. News.com.au? No, don't go to it. That would be mine. <laughs> This this episode is not PG, obviously. Okay, my last question for you, what is your screen time? I don't care who you are, Marissa, but I'm not giving that to you. I've never looked that up myself and I will not look that up. I do not want to know and I feel like I would be disgusting myself and I'd rather not know. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I'll give you a pass. Today I've had three hours and five minutes. That's good. But you've got two phones. What's the other one? The other one's my work phone. (laughs) Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. I have never laughed so much in a podcast interview, so thank you. You're lying. You get paid to say that. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm being real here. So thank you, guys.
Anytime. Thank you for your time. We've loved, we've loved this. Well, no, I'll speak for myself. That's what Luke always says. Don't speak for me. I'll speak for myself. Thank you so much. Your questions were great and I enjoyed every minute of it. And don't listen to what nasty people on TikTok say to you because I think you're a fucking tin. Thank you for listening to The Press Office with Kate and Co. PR. Please subscribe, rate and review via your favourite podcast app and please give us a follow, like and share on Instagram at Kate Co. PR.